Well, one thing that I want to bless us with this morning is God does not forget his plans. And he has a plan. Amen. And he's always working towards his plan. And even if the media forgets what happened two months ago, <laughs> you know, and they only have, like, I was thinking about, I think that the media has a, a concentration problem. They only can focus on one thing at a time. You know, but I was just thinking, we were talking about that here before, like the protests in the 60s and how it was like the nation here giving birth to a change. And giving birth is not easy. It doesn't look good. It's dirty. <laughs> you know, loud. but <laughs> loud, right? You know, but it's that's how, you know, when we read in the, in the Bible about travails and giving birth or birth pains, it, a lot of times it's, it's hard and you cannot stop it. <laughs> so I, I want to bless that for us because it, that's why I'm so thankful for the, the, the word, the scriptures. And I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about Jeremiah. Like I said in the beginning, you know, we, we read Jeremiah 31 last week. And he's saying, I'm going to make a new covenant. Because the first one, you broke. You know, but the context of the, they breaking, Israel breaking the covenant was, they were trying to obey externally without allowing the covenant or the word to change them internally. So we know that there's a sequence of kings in Israel, in the Old Testament, that some were good kings, some were bad kings. Some were good kings, some bad kings. And then it culminated in God just saying, okay, enough. This is not working. Because sometimes you, you do better, and then sometimes you go after other gods. And you, but you pretend that you're my people, but you're actually behaving like a harlot, going after other gods. And I'm, I'm wondering if we are not today living a similar time of God dealing with the nations, saying, are you going to be my people or not? Are you going to pretend that you love me, but then you go out, out of church and do something else. <laughs> and I'm going to read out of this book that really impacted me about a year and a half ago when we were going through a big transition as a church that we thought, man, this is it. Right? Remember about a year and a half ago that when everything was happening to us here and every, everybody, oh, we need to change this and we need to change this. And I'm going, like, wait, 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 wait. We do not even know what's wrong to change. And I think that the world right now is going through this whole thing and everybody, we need to change this and we need to change this. You know, and there, there was a king that his dad in, in Israel, in Judah, that his dad was really bad, Manasseh. And then Josiah became a king, I think he was eight years old. And for some reason, he 
he had a heart for the Lord. And then he started cleaning the temple, removing the idols, removing all the, the corruption in the temple. And remember that when Jesus came, he, he was facing the same thing. People were religious to be better than others. The Pharisees and the Sadducees and all of that. So that's, it seems like God is always dealing with us facing the same problems. And that's why he promised, I'm going to make a new covenant. Because then you're going to change inside. It's not going to be what you do how you worship, how you come to church, how you go to the temple. You know, it's not, that doesn't matter. It doesn't change anything. If It doesn't change the way that we relate to each other. So my, my notes, the way it started a couple of days ago was, God does not want you to be religious. And I have some verses here to start this. And this is Jeremiah. I'm going to read Jeremiah just because we read it last week. But this is the covenant with, which I will make with the house of Israel after those days. Declares the Lord, I will put my law within them, and on their hearts I will write it. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. They will not teach again each man his neighbor, each man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest of them. So that's Jeremiah 31, 33, and 34. And I'm, I want to read Amos. And he's saying, this is the picture, right? Always read the prophets in this context that Israel was like in Hosea, like a prostitute that God received and God loved God accepted, but she kept going after other lovers. Right? But in the temple, everything looked fine. Everything, everybody was like, on the outside, they were doing fine. So Amos says, this is the Lord speaking through Amos, I hate, I reject your festivals. Nor do I delight in your, your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer up to me burnt offerings and your grain offerings, I will not accept them. And I will not even look at the peace offerings of your fatlings. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not even listen to the sound of your arts. But let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Isn't that strong? God is saying, I'm, I'm tired of your rituals when there's no justice. Isaiah 1, he, he, the same thing. Bring your worthless offerings no longer. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath, the calling of assemblies. I cannot endure iniquity in the solemn assembly. God was mad at them. Because he doesn't want you to be religious. He wants you to relate. 
correctly to him and to your neighbor. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And that's why when Christ came, he was continuing with the, the message and he was the culmination, the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. Because it's saying, you know what? There's going to be a new covenant, a new way of us relating to God. And it's not going to be by you being religious and you doing rituals. It's going to be by you loving the Lord your God with all your heart and loving your neighbor. And I, that's what I'm looking for. You know, a, a few weeks or a couple of months ago, I say, the world is changing. Our world is changing. But it doesn't matter what changes outside if I don't change. So, change is, starts with honesty. Change starts with sincerity. Truth in the innermost being, like David, Psalms 51. It starts with repentance. D Daniel chapter 9. Daniel was in captivity because of this. <laughs> because of, the, of the, the end of God dealing with Israel in that level and say, okay, I'm done with you. I'm going to scatter you. And then Daniel started repenting. Not like, oh, I have nothing to do. It's not my fault. I didn't do anything wrong. No, he started repenting for his nation, for generations before him. And I bless us, Lord, that we go before you as your people, that with honesty. Not saying, oh, I don't have that problem. I'm not like that person. Doesn't that sound like a Pharisee? Like a religious person? No, I'm better because I don't do that sin. <laughs> I never killed anybody. I never tortured anybody. But as the Lord's bride, we come with honesty. And we say, Lord, we, we refuse to just pretend something here. But we want to change in, in, in our hearts. So he continues, I cannot endure iniquity and the solemn assembly. I hate your new moon festivals and your appointed feasts. They have become a burden to me. I'm, wear, I'm weary of bearing them. So when you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Yes, even though you multiply prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are covered with blood. How come you come to my temple and you try to worship me and you pray to me when you have blood in your hands? Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your deeds from my sight. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Remove the ruthless. Defend the orphan. Plead for the widow. What is the point here? God is looking how we are relating. He's looking on all our divisions. And he's saying, how come you want to try to worship me 
When you, you, you have blood in your hands because you're judging your brother. You're accusing your brother. You're competing with your, you know, like, like the disciples. We, we were laughing last week, right? Can we sit on your right hand and can he sit on the left hand? That has to go. That has to go. Is this okay? I know it's not a good Sunday morning. You know, just talk about good stuff. We bless this for us because, you know, I was in this graduation yesterday. And the, the teacher that was speaking, you know, he spoke a very good message for the kids. And he was saying, you guys should write on your journals everything that you're living right now. How you're thinking, how you're seeing the world, the riots, the recession, this pandemic. Because your children, they're going to read that in the history books. Your grandchildren are going to ask you, how was it? to be alive in 2020. We are witnessing a change. And hopefully, it's not going to be a superficial change. Like happened with Israel over and over again. That a king would come and make some kind of nice changes and reform, but never a change of heart. I mean, read the book of Hosea. It's just like classic. You know, but that's a picture of us. Don't put that on, oh, Israel did that. No, that's the history of mankind. And anybody in the church, you know, if we read the history of the church the last 2,000 years. So there's a lot that we need to repent of. So can I read a little bit out of this book? This is uh, Run with the Horses. It's Eugene Peterson. And he, this whole book is about the life of Jeremiah. Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet because he, he tried to wake the people up. Return to the Lord. Return to the Lord. But they would not listen to him. And they would keep you know, doing the same things. And he was alive when Josiah became a king and he saw this reformation. You know, and then it's interesting that, you know, one of the priests found the book of Deuteronomy and read to Josiah. Josiah went crazy. Yes, let's do this. Let's clean the temple. Let's, you know, but then let's read a little bit because I love how he writes about the context of what was going on. And I'm going to quote here. A people's lives are only as good as their worship. The temple in Jerusalem was the architectural evidence of the importance of God in the life of the people. All the lines of life crisscrossed in the temple. Meaning was established there. Values were created there. Worship defines life. If worship is corrupt, life will be corrupt. And there was corruption in the temple. 
For 55 years, lust and violence in the temple had percolated into the streets and homes and villages of the nation. Josiah began by cleaning up the temple. As the temple was being renovated and repaired, Hilkiah, the priest, found an old book there. The book was brought to Josiah and read aloud to him. Imagine the impact of that reading. Here is Josiah, disgusted with the evil of his father and grandfather and determined to do something about it, but not knowing quite how. He had no blueprint, no direction, no counsel. The only thing he inherited from his father and grandfather was 55 years of evil. That's how I feel. Like we have no blueprint. But if we're going to try to change anything, let's really go back to the Word. Let's really go back to a deep, deep change. Now he had this powerful document, the Torah, Deuteronomy, about the love of God and worship of Him, clear definitions of right and wrong, and explicit directions on how to make moral decisions and conduct intelligent worship. In Josiah's ears, the reading was a thunderclap of conscience. And then he continues on talking about the, the context. The reform was accomplished. Everything that a king's commands could do was done. Crime stopped. Superstitious religion was sent packing. Immoral worship was banned. But getting rid of evil does not make people good. Getting rid of evil does not make people good. We were talking this yesterday with our daughters and talking about everything that's going on. Like hatred is not going to bring healing. We need God. <laughs> we need love. You know, and, and continue to oppress and change the oppressors is not going to change anything. We need a deep outpouring of the Spirit of the Lord. We need a new covenant. We need another day of Pentecost, right? It didn't take, so I'm going to read this again. Getting rid of evil does not make people good. It didn't take Jeremiah long to realize that the reform was only skin dip. Did. Shallow. Everything had changed, but nothing had changed. The outward changes had been enormous. The inward changes were imperceptible. It's amazing. I mean, the whole book of Jeremiah is beautiful. Because he was a man of God speaking to the people, and just the people would not listen. And I'm going like, what, what are you speaking to me today that I'm not listening? What are the things that you're speaking to me about changing that I'm not letting your Holy Spirit really come in and expose in my heart? Remember, the temple, right? It's the center of worship. And I'm going to read a little more here. Is that okay? I, I, I want to give you something to think about this week. You know, everybody's get, kind of getting bored, right? So, 
I'm kidding. Okay. And Jer what is Jeremiah saying? Jeremiah 7, 1 to 14. You know, you, you read it later. They were putting all, the people were relaxed because they said, we have the temple. We have the temple. And we are doing everything right now. Now everything is perfect because we are going to the temple. The temple is clean. Everything is cool, right? And Jeremiah says, don't think for a minute. Don't for a minute believe the lies being spoken here. This is God's temple. This is God's temple. The people stood in the holy place and spoke the current religious cliché and supposed that everything was just fine. They were in the right place, and they said the right words, but they were not right. The reform was necessary, but it was not enough. For religion is not a matter of arrangements or places or words, but of life and love, of mercy and obedience, of persons in a passion of faith. Just when Jeremiah expected the people, free from the corruption of Manasseh, to launch into a life of faith, using their energy in love, venturing into justice and peace, he arrives at the temple. And what does he find? He finds the people stupidly, stupidly pleased with themselves and repeating the reform slogan, God's temple, God's temple. God's temple. And then you can fill up whatever you want there. Your denomination. I am a part of this denomination. I am a part of this religion. And I'm part of this. I, I, I am dedicated this way. I don't do this. I'm better than the other person. Right? Jeremiah is irate. Places are important, immensely important. Sites and buildings are places where we gather ourselves for fresh action and assemble ourselves for new endeavor. But standing in a church singing a hymn doesn't make us holy any more than standing in a barn and neighing makes us a horse. Lord, we worship you and we give ourselves to you afresh looking for a deep change in our hearts. Jeremiah is specific in his arraignment. Do you think you can rob and murder, have sex with the neighborhood wives, tell lies nonstop, worship the local gods, and buy every novel religious commodity on the market, and then march into this temple, set apart for my worship, and say we are safe? thinking that a place itself gives you a license to go on with all this outrageous sacrilege? Their religious performance was impeccable. Their everyday life was rotten. Isn't that strong? And I'm wondering if this is not a word from God for this world right now. where a lot of people are putting their confidence in the temple. And I'm going like, God, where am I putting my confidence? It's not in you only. 
whatever I'm putting can be removed. The outside is a lot easier to reform than the inside. Going to the right church and saying the right words is a lot easier than working out a life of justice and love among the people you work and live with. Showing up at church once a week and saying a hearty amen is a lot easier than engaging in a life of daily prayer and scripture meditation that develops into concern for poverty and injustice, hunger, and war. We live in a culture where image is everything and substance is nothing. We live in a culture where a new beginning is far more attractive than a long follow-through. Images are important. Beginnings are important. But an image without substance is a lie. A beginning without a continuation is a lie. Is this okay? Yeah. I'm, I'm looking for this. This is my heart. I'm sharing my heart with you. We are in a time of transition. And it's not because of the lockdown, the virus, or the economy, or anything. It started a lot long before for us. But that's been my heart since it all began, saying, Lord, I do not just want a, a new beginning. I do not just want a little shallow reform. I want us to become exactly what you want us to be today and have this love for your justice, for your love for each one. So when he was talking about that with the people, he said, don't put your trust in the temple. Don't put your trust in the temple because let's go on a field trip here. Let's go a little north to Shiloh. And Shiloh, before the temple was built, was the place of worship. It was where the Lord taught to Samuel. And everything started there. The schools of prophets started in Shiloh, right? And then he says, Shiloh was one of the most famous holy places in Hebrew history. Located at the center of the country, it had been the earliest focus for worship and consultation in Israel. When Joshua brought the people into the land after the deliver, their deliverance from Egypt and 40 years of wilderness wandering, Shiloh was where they assembled and set up the tabernacle and divided up the land among the 12 tribes. The revered Ark of the Covenant was kept at Shiloh. The great prophet Samuel spoke his words of counsel there. Shiloh was a magnificent beginning. Shiloh was a glorious image. But all Shiloh was now was a few piles of rock in a field of weeds as every traveler from Galilee to Jerusalem could see. Shiloh was the right place, and at Shiloh the right words were spoken. But when the right place no longer launched a walk with God, and when the right words no longer express, expressed love and faith, Shiloh was destroyed. If it could happen to Shiloh, it can happen to Jerusalem. In any other place where people gather to worship God. 
It is not enough to be in the right place. It is not enough to say the right words. It is never enough until we are walking with God 20, 24 hours a day, everywhere we go, with everything we say, an expression of love and faith. And bless this, Lord, pour this spirit upon America. But start in your church. It says that the judgment begins in the house of the Lord. We, we, Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. You're to be a light set up on a hill. And that's what we want to be. So we, we say, Lord, begin changing us. Give us a new heart. And I'm going to read this again, just... Micah 6, 6 to 8. With what shall I come to the Lord and bow myself before the God on high? Shall I come with burnt offerings, with earling calves? Does the Lord take delight in thousands of rams, in 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I present my firstborn for my rebellious acts, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O oh man, what's good? And what does the Lord require of you but to do, to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? We bless this week. You know, Lord, putting, putting our hearts, a heart of intercession, a heart of truth in our, in our inner most being of sincerity, of repentance, of brokenness and compassion. You know, like Bill was saying, you know, if maybe if we do uh, a decision to go out and not judge anybody and to bless everybody, and to be kind to everybody. You know, we can start a change. If we make a, a, a conscious decision to say, I will not allow any prejudice, any division, any separation. I will reject the tendency of arrogance and pride of my flesh in my nature. And when I see somebody that doesn't worship like me, doesn't talk like me, I'm not going to compare myself, I'm not going to compete, and I'm not going to put anybody down. But I'm going to say, I'm, I want to be the love of God for that person. I want to be the acceptance of Jesus Christ for that person the way that they are. We bless this week. We bless, Lord, we, we pray for the leaders. We pray for the, the, all the nations right now. Lord, we need you. You know, when you see all these things happening, you know your redemption is nigh. Right? We know that there is a turmoil because something new is about to be birthed. 
you know, and I, I have faith that, in that, and I, I want that new to be birthed in my heart. You know, behold, I will create rivers in the wilderness. You know who those rivers are? You are. You are a river that's to go out in the wilderness and bring the blessings, bring the water, bring the refreshing, bring the acceptance. Amen. We bless this.